Hi, this is Connor from Fireside Church. Thank you for listening to Fireside Church messages. If you want to learn more about our church or what we're doing during this time to stay connected, visit our website, firesidechurch.org. Enjoy the message. Fireside, good morning. I am, as you can see, I am in our basement right now. Um, Andy and I have been switching it up for these past couple weeks, tag teaming a little bit. And so, so you just have me this morning and good morning. I miss you guys. I, um, just with each passing week, I just feel like every time I see our worship team or anybody on those videos, I just, we miss you so much. And I wish we were together this week, but, um, I'm just thankful for the ways that we can keep staying connected through this live stream on Sundays. And um, happy Mother's Day. It was so fun to hear some of those memories from the video that we just saw and hearing people's kind of tributes to their moms. And um, just thinking about today, it's just a privilege to be able to celebrate and honor women that have invested in us and have raised us, whether it's biological mothers, adoptive mothers, spiritual mothers, aunts, grandmothers. Um, we just celebrate you today. We're thankful for you. Um, I'm on a live stream, right? So hi, mom. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> I know that she's probably watching from Maryland and um, my mother-in-law, Sandy and Maine and Gigi. Hi, guys. We love you. We miss you. Um, so just um, happy Mother's Day to everybody. Uh, Fireside Kids, are you out there? Hello, wave to me if you're there, if you hear me. I uh, just wanted to let you know that we have on our Fireside Kids online page, we have a new video for you this morning. Um, there's actually two this week, one for toddlers and one for elementary school kids. So if you want to take a look at that, even right now, there's a coloring page you can download. So I uh, just wanted to let you know that those resources are still there for you. We are still thinking of you too. We miss you too. And so... Um, we hope that you have a chance to get on there either this morning or sometime this week to check those out. Um, but thank you, worship team. Thank you guys for opening us in worship together. And um, we are just continuing in a conversation about what it means to live fully in this season. In this season when, you know, we are somewhere where we don't want to be. We are not asking for this, we were not expecting this, and here we are. And so we've been talking about how do we live fully? How do we build houses and plant gardens, as we learned in Jeremiah, during this season um, with the virus and the economy and everything that's going on around us? What does that look like for us right now to not wait until we get back to normal, so to speak, but rather in this time fully receiving all that God has for us? And so We've been looking at the Old Testament. We've been looking at battles fought. We've been looking at the New Testament. What happened after Easter, after Jesus was resurrected and ascended? What did his followers do? And we talked about, we are taking our positions. We see them. The very first thing they do is take their position in prayer. And it's been really cool hearing stories. You know, we as a church have been just kind of marking that 3.33 p.m. time slot to pray together as a church. And um, so just hearing some cool things about that, hearing about those of you that are getting up early to pray together through Zoom, pray together through FaceTime. We're hearing about people praying one-on-one. -on -one. And so 
it, that's where we need to be. That's our sweet spot. That's our first position is that we just want to be in prayer right now. And then Andy last week talked about receiving power, taking our position to receive power from the Holy Spirit and that in an emptying of ourselves that we can be filled with the Spirit of God and all that comes with that. And so this week, there's a third thing. There's a third thing that we see the church do in Acts 2. And so we're going to look at that together and talk about how we are positioned to provide. Let's go ahead and read, if you want to read with me, Acts 2, verses 38. Peter replied, this is what we talked about last week, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them, and, and as he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And here's where we pick up. Here's what happens next, our third. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so right off the bat, I mean... There's like a bunch of things in this passage that we cannot do right now. We're talking about um, that all the believers were together. We're talking about meeting every single day in the temple courts. We're talking about breaking bread in homes and eating together. And it's just, it's hard to imagine. Like, what does that look like for us right now? But at Fireside, this passage has kind of been a framework for us as we try to build community within our church, as we try to think about what relationships look like. And this was a tall order then, you know, when we were in person, when we could gather in homes and um, gather together on Sundays, but um, even more so now. And yet, you have to believe that there is a way that we can still do this, that we can still live fully in this way, even now. And so how do we go about this as a church? How do we go about this piece? And so the first thing that stands out to me is this idea of sacrificial love. And this is this one hit me kind of hard because, you know, it's one thing to love people out of a place of abundance, right? But in times of scarcity, it's much harder to be sacrificial when you don't have anything, when, when, when things are lacking. You think about... In, in everyday life, what it means to be generous, what it means to give generously. But what about when you lost your source of income? What, is, what does it look like then? Or you think about, you know, if you're going to provide a meal for somebody and it's one thing to do that when your kids are all at school and you have the afternoon off to, to prepare something and you have food in your fridge and you have time and, and margin to do that. And it's another thing to do it when shopping is kind of scary and you don't have food in your own fridge maybe or 
things are chaotic and, and to even think about that feels like a lot. And so just thinking about what does this look like and, and you know, our brains are wired in times of trauma to have this fight or flight response. So we're either going to run from the source of trauma or we're going to fight. And fighting sometimes means competing. It means looking inward. It means what can I do to survive or to self-preserve? And this is the opposite of what it means to sacrificially love. And so in a way, we almost have to fight our own neural pathways, our own um, brains in this time um, to be able to do this well. And so another layer of this even, um, Ann Voskamp had this really awesome um, writing that she shared this past week. And it was about the idea that we are united in the sense that we are all in the same storm, yes, but we are not all in the same boat. We all have different boats in which we are experiencing this storm. And she talked about, you know, some of us are in boats that are loaded with provision. We have what we need to survive this storm. And other of us, others of us are kind of clinging on a piece of driftwood. And so just the, the dissonance that we experience this storm so differently across different lines, there's a huge need for empathy right now, for us to be able to get out of our boat and to think about what it's like in somebody else's boat. So when we think about loving and caring for each other sacrificially right now, a big part of it is understanding someone else's experience and having, having empathy in those moments to be able to see how we can provide. And that's, that's really hard to do, that this sacrificial love, it might be sacrificing our freedom, our safety, our control. Um, there's all kinds of things that hang in the balance right now that, that feel hard to let go of. But I was reminded the last time that we were together, when we met the last time in person, we talked about the miracle that Jesus did when he fed the 5,000. And he said, you know, give me what little you have, even if you think like there's nothing that this is, can be used for. This is, this is too, too small. And then what does Jesus do? He multiplies it. And so I just felt this reminder to say, even if it feels like things are hard on our own front right now, rather than looking inward and trying to, you know, hold on and, and, and self-preserve, would we take those things and allow Jesus to multiply them as we look to provide, as we are positioned to provide for each other? And it's a gift. It's a gift that God even chooses to involve us in the process. He doesn't need us for anything, but he says, you know, the Apostle Paul says that we are the body of Christ. We are his hands and feet. So we are the very mechanism that sometimes he uses to love and care for people. And so it's just, it's a gift to us to be involved in the process of being able to meet needs. And we are thankful for relationships here at Fireside. We're so thankful for the existing relationships that are here, but it's not just community for community's sake, just so we can all take care of each other. It's actually, it even has a greater purpose still, that, that community right now is a buzzword. Any psychologist would be able to tell you why we need people right now. They could tell you about how detrimental it is that we are in isolation and that no one should live alone. And, the, and they're right. They're absolutely right. We need people. But it's not just for the sake of having relationships. God wants to use this community to bring others to himself. 
It, it is a part of him bringing people to himself. He wants to multiply. He wants to draw people in. And I think it's good to remember we've been using a lot of battle language lately. And it is important for us right now to remember we are in a battle that we need to have our eyes wide open for where we are vulnerable. And I think, you know, Andy and I were talking, I'm not, you know, a, a super war, you know, the war movies and stuff don't, don't really get much out of me, but we were talking about, you know, these war stories and strategies and how sometimes the enemy, when they want to fight someone, they'll, they'll cut off the supply chain, they'll cut off the lifeblood for that group so that they are powerless to fight. So maybe they cut off the water source or the food source or they cut off their ability to make weapons. And in the same way, I think our enemy wants to cut off um, our lifeline. And we know that is first and foremost our relationship with God. But certainly our relationship with each other is, is really important. And so we need to guard it. We need to protect it. We need to protect these lifelines um, for ourselves and each other. And one of, those, um, is one of those pitfalls we need to be aware of is this, this idea of loneliness. And loneliness, I think, is a pit that is just really hard to be in. It's really hard to get out of. When we are lonely, it drives us to think and live and behave in ways that we wouldn't normally do. And loneliness um, is, is an easy thing to have happen right now, obviously. And I know video chatting can be awkward and some of us have forgotten even what it's like to just talk to somebody on the phone, but we have to push through these things. We have to protect ourselves against being isolated even when we are apart. And a second area I think about is just this idea of living in darkness. It's an easy time to hide right now. You think about everything that we put out to the world right now is, is what we select. That the world only sees the things we choose to share with them. So I was actually reading, um, I think it was the New York Times was saying that there is a, um, a service right now that you can hire someone to curate a library of books to put behind you when you Zoom in your office that, that you'll look really well read because all of your books have been hand selected by this professional to make you look good. Uh, or it's the same reason why you can sit and wear a suit and tie um, and sweatpants because we determine what people see about us right now. We determine their perception. And so that is, that's dangerous. That's just a, that's just a recipe for disaster in the sense that we can live in darkness and have nobody know, have no one know what's going on. Um, and so being a really easy time to hide, that's a vulnerability for us. And a major factor in experiencing the kind of community that we're talking about here in Acts 2 is being vulnerable, is having this authenticity. Um, in the book of 1 John, chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, uh, let me read this to you here. This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And I think this ties in so 
beautifully with what Andy talked about last week about confession and repentance, that in order to be filled with the Spirit, um, we need to kind of empty out those things. And, and what this is telling us here is that part of that process often involves us bringing things into the light with each other. Fellowship is dependent on us living in the light. And that is, that is terrifying. I am an introvert. I don't really, you know, so much love sharing everyday stuff as much as I do my deepest, darkest stuff that I think is going to scare people or burden people. And, you know, it's terrifying to think that putting something out there um, is part of the process. But both of these spaces, this idea of of loneliness, this pitfall of loneliness, this pitfall of darkness, these are, are really big parts of my own story, my own journey. I grew up in a, a really strong community. My formative years, my relationship with God was kind of developed in a really strong community. And then in my early 20s, I went through a season of loneliness where this exact thing happened, that I it changed the way that I thought. It changed my emotions. It drove me to things that I wouldn't have normally done, that I knew was outside of what God wanted for me. And I think that loneliness and those decisions kind of bred this darkness that, that kind of kept me isolated. And even after Jesus rescued me, even after he came in and transformed things and, and my life was changed by him, I still carried a lot of shame and regret from that time that was was held inside. And, and honestly, I just thought, this is my consequence, right? If you make bad choices, there are consequences. And one of mine is that I'm just going to live with this for the rest of my life. And it wasn't until just a few years ago in sitting with a friend and, and sharing these things and um, praying over them, I experienced freedom that I did not think was in the cards for me in that moment, right then and there. And I just think that the freedom that God wants for us over our, our shame, the shame that the enemy would love to, shame is one of those things that it's like the enemy wants us to hold those things in the dark. And so he uses shame to say, you need to keep this with yourself. And shame makes us do the opposite of what we need to get rid of it. And I think, you know, on the other side of that risk is the freedom that God wants us to live in. And we just can't get there in the darkness. And it's, it's, it's critical. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And fellowship is kind of a churchy word. I, you know, I, I grew up in church. We had we had pie fellowship and we had, you know, a fellowship hall where you had cupcakes and punch when you were celebrating something and not that there's anything wrong with that at all. But fellowship here is, is an actually a much deeper word. It, it's the word koinonia in Greek and it, it signifies partnership, deep partnership, ownership. And so it means I own your hurts, your struggles, your questions. I hold them like they're my own. I'm your partner. Your stuff is my stuff. My stuff is your stuff. We share, we hold our burdens together. And, and I think that it's this kind of fellowship that we're going for. This is what we're, this is the end goal. And I, I've been thinking about what to share this morning. And I just think, guys, I think that someone right now needs to reach out. I think there's someone out there right now that needs to reach out maybe today about what is going on in their heart, in their mind, in this season. 
Some of us need to take the risk of feeling like they might burden someone or that they might scare someone or you know, just being able to work through the difficulty of what it means to communicate right now. Someone needs to take that risk, to take that effort, to reach out. We have to guard ourselves against isolation and loneliness and darkness. We have to watch for it. And likewise, someone needs you, someone, someone needs you to reach out to them. It goes both ways. Someone needs you to call them and just say, hey, how's it going? And, and to open the door to bring things into the light. Could we just maybe say, because maybe this feels awkward, could we just say a blanket statement, if someone calls you today or this week, it's not gonna be weird. We're just gonna, we're just gonna go there. And we're just gonna fight through that to say, we have a blanket pass here to just reach out. And maybe there is someone on your mind right now, maybe it's someone you've never even really connected with recently that, that you need to reach out to. We just have to do this for each other. We need the buddy system to go into full effect right now. And we just can't love each other sacrificially if we don't know what's going on. So I hope, I hope this encourages you today. I hope that you know that even when you feel alone, you're not a, alone. Um, as we seek to kind of do more than just survive, as we seek to build houses and plant gardens, Let's think about this third position of being able to provide for each other in, in, in partnership with each other, that we can take our position in that way. I just want to read as we close Paul's prayer in 2 Thessalonians. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. God, I just thank you for each person under the sound of my voice right now. God, I thank you for your spirit alive and at work. God, that even as we sit in our houses, maybe alone right now, that we are not alone. I thank you that your church is alive and a well, and that we can actually not just survive, but thrive under these circumstances that seem impossible because God, with you, nothing is impossible. And so we just pray that you would join us together as partners, as a community, as a fellowship in Koinonia, that we could carry each other's burdens, that we could bring things into the light. Give us bravery to do that, God. Help us to take the risk to reach out, to ask someone for help, to offer help. God, whatever that looks like, would you just press that on our hearts right now? And Lord, I pray that your spirit would be um, the manifest presence of your spirit would be known to people right now, that they would know that you are working, that you are with them, that they would see your presence in their life. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this community. I thank you for the gift of relationships. And thank you for this time this morning to be together. In your name, amen.